Anyways, good to have you here tonight. Let's take our Bibles and we'll turn to the book of Romans here tonight. And we'll consider some more thoughts here from the book of Romans. Uh, Romans chapter 1 and Romans chapter 2 tell us that the heathen will be judged for his sinfulness before God. We also see in Romans chapter 2, as we looked at not last week, but the week before, that the, the hypocrite, the religious hypocrite, will be judged before God. And then tonight I'd like to look at, if we could, how the Jews and their heritage has no advantage before God. And again, I explain what I mean by no advantage before God, just because you might have the closest faith system to God doesn't mean that you're going to be saved by grace or you are saved as a result of that faith system. But let's begin in Romans chapter 2, verse number 17. As Paul begins to write directly to the Jew, and uh, we'll pick up there in verse number 17. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Thou therefore, which teaches another, teachest not thyself. Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of law through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the law of righteousness of the law, shall not uncircumcision be counted for circumcision, and shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it be fulfilled the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Well, consider here tonight this thought, how the Hebrew heritage is not really an advantage before God. Let's consider this thought here tonight. Father, thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you again for this opportunity we can meet and we can assemble, we can get together, we can look in the Word of God and we can see what says the Scriptures as we do here tonight and we consider how a spiritual heritage is not always and ever a spiritual advantage. I pray that we could see this in this text and we could see this in the Bible can help us to see this by your grace. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You know, I think one would have an advantage, a very big advantage, having a spiritual heritage. 
you know, maybe someone thinking they have the right heritage might think, hey, you know, just because I'm of this particular religious sect, I'm in with God. I'm right with God. All things will be good with me. But I want to consider here tonight how a heritage here can be, in a sense, even a snare to some of a heritage that is close to the truths of God, but is not after the power and the word of God. You know, what if you grew up a Jew? You didn't. Maybe you don't know what it means to be a Jew, but that means to be of a heritage that many people would either like to be a part of or certainly wouldn't like to be a part of at all. But what if you could say, I have, I have the heritage of being one of the Jews. I'm actually the tribe of whatever it is. And you could say that. I mean, with all assurance. Because you know it from your father or mother. You know it from your grandma and grandpa. You know it from way back when. You know your heritage. You know where it came from. You know that you are of a Jewish heritage and background. Is there a great advantage to that? Or can there be sometimes a disadvantage to that? Let's turn to, and again, keep a marker here if you would, but let's turn back to Psalm chapter 135, Psalm, one chapter, Psalm chapter 135. You know, sometimes it's, it's good to be of a heritage that maybe is, I'm not trying to be mean or anything along that lines, but maybe is maybe a little, little bit more distance from what is the truth. I'm, I'm not saying, again, someone says, well, what advantage would that be? It would be an advantage that, I mean, you would have something to, Say, you know, my spiritual heritage is off, and this thing that I'm looking at is, is, is right, and, and I need to change. But what if you're close to the spiritual heritage, or the biblical heritage of the Bible? The Jews were. In fact, some Jews were always right on spiritually. Psalm 135, if you would, uh, verse number 4, the Bible says here, For the Lord hath chosen Jacob unto himself. And Israel for his peculiar treasure. God chose Jacob for himself. And he chose Israel to be a treasure. That certainly was his desire. And the Jews, the Jews, in a sense, were a chosen people. There's no doubt about it. It's through the Jews we got the Savior. It's through the Jews we got the Scriptures. It's through the Jews we... Learn that we're a sinner. But through the Jews, we also have a deviation that took place when it came to the Jewish faith system. Yes, there's a lot that one could look at the Jews and say, you know what, they're right on this. But the things that the Jews were doing, they were wrong on that. But for the Jews, some of them not to really even see themselves as a sinner is so sad. How could they get to such a place? And so let's turn back to our text there, and I want to consider here why sometimes, maybe for the Jews, it wasn't necessarily, and isn't necessary of an advantage before them when it comes to their faith system. Because first of all, I want to say here tonight, their faith system was one of pride before God. Pride before God rather than humility before God. And I'm not saying that with all of them, but... As time progressed for the Jews, they became very proud before God. It says here, verse number 17, Behold, 
Thou art called a Jew. Behold, thou art called a Jew. You know, someone might say, you know, I'm glad to be an American. I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud to be a Baptist. I'm proud to be a Christian. I'm proud to be whatever it might be. And it may well be good to be proud of some things, but not to the, not to the fact that it doesn't regard others as equal or needing salvation or having the things that they need spiritually. Again, I want you to understand here tonight, there's no grafting in when it comes to going to heaven. If you're a Jew, that doesn't graft you in. If you're a Gentile, that doesn't graft you in. Both had spiritual struggles, if you'll see. Again, the Bible as it truly is. Let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 7. Jeremiah chapter 7. Sadly, the Jews didn't practice their faith like they should as they made it more of a religion than anything else. It was to be a relationship with God, but they created and made a religion just like most people made a, a religion out of, out of things. They started with their faith system being delivered to them of Moses largely and, and then added to that, subtracted from that, did uh, added traditions to that, did all kinds of different things with that. And, and you'll see that with a lot of faith systems here today. People have a faith system that they make and create and are proud of. But one of the disadvantages of having this faith system is one can become proud in that faith system and may not want to change when it comes to that faith system, which the Jews didn't want to change. I want to pick up here in Jeremiah chapter 7, verse number 1. The Bible says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah. Then enter into these gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings. And I'll cause you to dwell in this place. Trust ye not in lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. And if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between man and his neighbor, if you oppress not the stranger, the fathers, the widow, and shed not innocent blood in this place, neither walk after other gods to do your hurt, then I will cause you to dwell in this place in the land that I gave to your fathers forever. Behold you, trust in lying words, which cannot profit. You steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely and burn incense unto Baal and walk after other gods whom you know not. And come and stand before me in this house which is called by my name and say, we are delivered to do all these abominations. Is this house which is called by my name begin a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. But go ye now unto my place which is in Shiloh where I set my name at the first, and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel. And now, because ye have done all these works, saith the Lord, I spake unto you, rising up early, speaking unto you, but ye heard not. I called unto you, answer not. Therefore I do unto you this house, which is called by my name, wherein ye trust, and unto the place which I gave to you, and your fathers, as I've done in Shiloh. What is it? Somewhat a disadvantage 
when it comes to the faith of the Hebrew. The Hebrew there, you see here in this passage of Scripture and other place, was proud of their heritage. They trusted in their place of worship. They trusted in their heritage. They trusted in their traditions. And yet, you'll find in this place and other places in the Bible, their heritage was one of mixed worship before God. Certainly not a perfect kind of a worship before God. In fact, look at verse number 14. It says, Therefore I do unto this house, which is called by my name, wherein ye trust, not the place that I gave you to your fathers, and I have done, and I'll cast you out of my sight, and I'll cast you out of the brethren until the whole seed of Ephraim. Doesn't sound like things are going so well for the Jew here. During Jeremiah's day, they strayed far from the word of God and from the worship of the Lord. They were doing things contrary to the word of God. And Jeremiah called them to amend their ways, to change their ways before God. Well, the snare sometimes when it comes to a heritage is the pride of heritage. You know, you could be of the seed of Abraham, the seed of Aaron, the line of George Washington, whatever it might be, the line of Charles Spurgeon, the line of John the Baptist. And you can rely on that heritage. You can rely on things associated with that heritage. And they can be a snare to your being saved by grace. But I also want to, if you turn to John chapter 7, message here also, there's the pride of heritage. It can be a snare uh, to you getting saved by grace. I mean, think of the Jew. They, they had the law. They were keeping the law. They found the law. They were doing the sacrifice. They were doing the tithing. They were doing all the stuff that, again, the Bible would encourage them to do in, in a general sense. I mean, the majority of the things that the Bible would tell them to do, they were doing. They were observing. They were following. If they had added, they had subtracted. And when Jesus came on the scene and when John the Baptist declared the truth, they rejected it. Those here in John chapter 7 and verse 48, someone says, well, why would they reject it? Because not only pride, sometimes pressure. just want to mention that. Sometimes, again, someone won't receive, again, the truth because of pressure. John chapter 7 and verse number 48, the Bible says, Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? And any of the rulers believed on him? You know, it's admirable for someone maybe to check out their faith system and try to line it up with the scriptures and say, does the Bible teach this or does it not? If it doesn't teach that, then we should reject that faith system and accept the Bible's faith system. Turn to Matthew chapter 3. Now one might say, well, my heritage is right. Well, I'm glad if your heritage is right or my heritage is right. But we can't just, just say, you know, it's my heritage. I like my heritage. It's, it's, you know, it's of our family. It's of our bloodline. And so this is what I'm going to do spiritually. A heritage won't, again, give you an automatic ticket to heaven. We see this as John confronts those who are Pharisees and Sadducees here at his baptism. In Matthew chapter 3, verse number 7, it says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance. 
just want to stop there. He's talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees. These are observers of the scriptures to a large degree, and yet he's telling them that they need to come to repentance. Why does he tell them this? Because he knows what they're thinking. In verse number 9, he says, And think not to say within yourselves, You have Abraham to your father. For I say unto you, God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now as the axe is laid upon the root of the trees, therefore every tree that bringeth forth not fruit is hewn down, cast into the fire. In verse number 12, it says, Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather the wheat into garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. John the Baptist didn't tell the Jews, hey, you guys are in good shape. You can go ahead and be baptized. This is something new. Just join us today. Encourage them to repent. They needed to, instead of trust in the law, they needed to trust in the Lord. Their heritage was skewed towards the law. Their heritage was skewed so much towards the law that it was a stumbling block to faith in Jesus Christ. Let's turn to Romans chapter 9. You know, one's heritage can be a help or a hurt. And again, I, you think about the heritage of the Jew in general, it should be a helpful thing to be of the background of the Jew. But don't let pride in one's beliefs uh, be something that will not allow you to allow for the word of God to change what you believe. The Bible talks about the privilege of the Jews here in Romans chapter 9, verse number 4. It mentions several things here. Romans 9, verse 4, it says, Who are Israelites, to which pertaineth the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, the promises, who are fathers of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever, amen. Look at the privilege of the Israelites, pertaining to the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, the promises. So many things given to the Jews. that They could just be proud in their heritage. Look back at the glory of the Jews or what happened with God and the Jews. Their adoption, them being given grace from God. The covenants, the promises of God made to them even concerning lands and people. Service of God, they were the people that would carry the ark and worship in the tabernacle and the temple. And they got promises from God. And they could be proud in all these things. Yet, if you turn to Romans chapter 3, verse number 31 and verse number 32, the sad thing about the Jews was that they adopted a faith system that was contrary to the word of God, with their focus being on the law of God, and not the Lord of the law. Romans chapter 9, verse number 31, it says, But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore, because they sought it not by faith, but as it were the works of law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him should not be ashamed. 
going to trust in the law, trust in Abraham, trust in Moses, trust of our heritage, trust of our background, trust in our faith system. This is what the Jews did to a large degree, and their heritage was a stumbling block to their faith in Christ, grace, and mercy, seeing themselves as sinners, needing to be saved. Let's turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, Jesus came to his own, his own received him not. The Bible says there in the book of John. And uh, in John chapter 8, you see a long conversation between Jesus and the Jews here. And I'm not going to look at it all, but I want to pick up here in John chapter 8, verse number 31. It gives you an insight into the Jewish faith system. Their faith system was certainly traditional. It's ritualistic. It was of following Moses and Abraham. And when even confronted by Jesus concerning their faith, they rejected him and his words to a large degree. I'm not saying they all did, because they didn't. Because you see that in John chapter 8. Let's pick up there in verse number 30. It says, And he spake these words, many believed on him. And then said Jesus to the Jews, which believed on him, If you continue in my words, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? And Jesus answered them, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. The servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. The son therefore shall make you free. You shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which you have seen of your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If Abraham, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me. A man that hath told you the truth, which I had heard of God, this did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then saith, the, uh, then saith unto the, him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus saith unto him, If God were your father, you would, have, you would love me, for I proceed forth and came from, from God. Neither came I out of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot understand my words. You have your father, the devil, the lust of your father you would do. He was a murderer from the beginning and bowed not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is the liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Very confrontational there. Jesus and the Jews. The Jews there again had their ideas and Jesus had the truth. And many of them rejected him. Some believed on him. But some didn't. What is one of the problems with having a spiritual heritage of some kind that's close to the truth? Let me say, first of all, it can cause to be proud in that heritage. And not see a need for grace or repentance or faith. As the Jews didn't see this. I'm a Jew, I'm okay. I'm a Christian, I'm okay. I'm an American, I'm okay. Really, that does happen more than you think. Let's turn back to Romans chapter 2. I want to say, secondly, as we consider how heritage can be a stumbling block 
to faith and to grace. It can lead to pride in that heritage. Let me say it can lead to resting in the law-centered religious system. And there's a lot of them, not just the Jewish faith system, but a, a law-centered faith system. Let's read this, verse 17. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and resteth in the law, and makest thy boast in God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide to the blind, a light to them that are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has a form of knowledge and of truth in the law. Again, it's important there in verse number 20, it says this, thou hast a form of knowledge and truth in the law. He doesn't say you have it, you got it, but you have a form of law-keeping. Again, the Jewish faith system was law-centered. It was not Lord-centered. It was not Christ-centered. It was not grace-centered. It was law-centered. And you can see that in the Bible. It was so important to the Jew to keep the law. Important for him to follow the law. Him to recite the law. Him to say, I'm a follower of the law. Let's turn to Romans chapter 10. So much did the Jews set up this kind of faith system that was centered largely around Moses' law, what was in the Bible, the commandments of God, they're in the Old Testament largely. They, they set themselves in this faith system. They rested in this faith system. What I mean by resting, I mean that's trusting in this faith system. They liked this fleshly, orthodox, religious system that they had before God, centered around law appreciation, law recitation, law trusting, law abiding. This was their faith system. Romans chapter 10, verse number 1, it says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record, they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone that believeth. Christ is the end. You know, someone can have a heritage, and it could be Jewish. And again, if you had a Jewish heritage or a faith system that was close to truth, you could just rest in that system and say, oh, I got it. I've got the right faith system. we got the best faith system. And so I'm just going to rest in that faith system. I believe that's what Paul was doing. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 3. Before he met Jesus Christ, before he seen himself as a sinner, and someone condemned before God, he saw himself as a law keeper. He saw himself as one that followed the law in a very zealous way. He was known for his background. He was known for his exploits. He was known for his following the law. He was known for being trained by Gamaliel. In Philippians chapter 3, verse number 6, it says, Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is of the law blameless, but what things were gained to me account of loss for Christ? Zeal persecuted the church. Again, you look at 
Paul, his faith system was one of zealously following the law, the Jewish faith system. And these kept him really from heaven. If you turn to Galatians chapter 1, one can be kept from heaven by trusting in a faith system. I mean, do you trust in your faith system? I mean, I, I believe there's a lot of people in this world they trust in their faith system. You know, I'm whatever it is, and I trust in my faith system. They're not trusting in God. They're trusting in that faith. They're resting in the law. Galatians chapter 1, verse number 14, the Bible says, And profited in the Jews' religion above my equals in mine own nation, being more exceeding zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went up to Jerusalem. Goes on, talks about him. But when his faith was grace, he rejected the law. He gave up on the law. He said, you know, the law is not going to save me. You know, today there's some that are rooted in faith systems, centered very strongly in the law. I don't know if you know anybody of the Seventh-day Adventist system, but they are strongly in the law. They're in law-keeping and following the law. Mormonism, same general thing. Certainly a lot of different faith systems and following certain things, certain, certain traditions. Not found in the Bible, by the way. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 34. Their faith system, just like the Jewish faith system, was flawed in degree. Again, there's degrees of people's following. But again, I, I just want to say here, the faith system that we, we should have is one of trusting in grace. Not trusting in the law. Trusting the Son, not in circumcision. Trusting in God rather than our religion. Psalm chapter 34, verse number 4, the Bible says, I sought the Lord and he delivered me uh, sorry, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, delivered me from all my fears. Trusting in the Lord. Being instructed of the law, resting in the law. The Jews trusted in the law. As a result, their confidence was in things, in their faith system. That's here in Jeremiah chapter 48, what kind of things in their faith system? Well, a lot of different things in their faith system. They trusted in the temple, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. Oh, we have the temple. We have the right place of worship. Psalm chapter 48 here, verse number 13, they trusted sometimes in objects of worship. We have the ark. The ark is with us. See, back there, way back there in the Old Testament, they thought this ark was this kind of uh, spiritual lucky charm, so to speak. I mean, that's not quite the right term, but as long as we have the ark, we're in good graces with God. Psalm chapter 48, verse number 13, people might think, you know, if we have the right heritage, we have the right stuff, we have the right uh, things, so to speak, the rituals, the rules, all these kind of things, we're, in good, we're good with God. Bible says in Jeremiah 48, verse 13, it says, And Moab shall be ashamed of uh, Chemosh, as the house of Israel was ashamed of Bethel, their confidence. Israel was ashamed of Bethel, 
their confidence. Bethel, their confidence. <laughs> Not God, their confidence, but Bethel, their confidence. The Jew, they saw themselves as right. If you turn back to uh, uh, Romans chapter 3, they boasted of God. They rested in the law, it says there in verse number 17. It says, in Noah's just will, they thought they had everything together. They proved those things that were more excellent, being instructed of law. Verse 19, are confident that thou thyself art a guide to the blind, a light to them that are in darkness, instructors of, of the foolish, a teacher of babes, that has a form of knowledge and of truth. Thou therefore which teaches another, teachest thou not thyself. Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal. I want to move into the third and final point here tonight on, on the Hebrews and how their faith system was a snare to them. It led to spiritual pride. It led to a, a system of trusting in the law and, and, and resting in the law rather than resting in God and in the, in, in the truth. But also we see here, finally, there, it led to hypocrisy in their faith system. Romans chapter uh, 2, verse 21. Hypocrisy in their faith system. The system of the Jews' law-abiding led to hypocrisy. They sought to follow the law, but were not able to follow the law, so they would just preach it and teach it, but not follow it. Romans chapter 2, verse 21, it says, Thou therefore which teaches another, teachest thou not thyself. Thou that preachest, a man should not steal, dost thou steal. Thou that sayest, a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery. Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege. Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonors thou God. The name of the Lord is blaspheming among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. The heritage of the Jews was one, sometimes, certainly of hypocrisy. Jesus said in the New Testament, in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? I tell you to do stuff, and you don't do it. They taught, they preached, don't steal, and they stole. Don't commit adultery, and they committed adultery. Stay away from idols. And they followed idols. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 50. And they were a stumbling block to the Gentiles because they were practicing a faith system that was irregular, or we would say, again, was hypocritical. Psalm chapter 50, verse number 14, the Bible says, Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay their vows unto the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I'll deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. But thou, but unto the wicked God saith, What hast thou to do to declare my stature, so thou shouldest take my covenant? Seest thou hatest instruction, and cast my word behind me? When thou sawest a thief, then thou contendest with him. Hast thou been partaker with adulterers? Thou givest thy mouth to evil, thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother, thou slanderest thy own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silence. Though thou, uh, thou, thou that I was altogether such as one as thyself, but I would reprove thee and set, my, set them in order before thy eyes. Now therefore consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces. There be none 
to deliver thee. Whosoever offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. You know, there was a lot of hypocrisy in the, the nation of Israel through the years, and they would again encourage people to do certain things, and they weren't doing them. In this passage of Scripture, you see again that just a strain take place, and you find there in the Bible they weren't doing what they should be when it comes to the things of the Lord. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 23. The New Testament reveals to us that Jesus faced the religious hypocrisy of the Jews. And, uh, you know, someone says, well, was the Jewish faith system good enough for them to get to heaven? No, it wasn't. That's why Jesus came, and that's why Jesus died. And, again, the, the faith system pointed to the law and pointed to that we are sinners in need of a Savior. We need a lamb. We need a perfect sacrifice to have salvation. Yet you find here in Matthew 23, again, I'm not going to read through this old chapter, but you can read some other time, uh, the hypocritical faith system of the Jews was to bind burdens upon men but not do them themselves. Matthew 23, starting verse 1, it says, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All there whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them upon the men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of the garments and love the uttermost rooms of the feasts and chief seats of the synagogues and greetings, being called rabbi, teacher. Again, uh, you find here in the Bible, Jesus note the hypocrisy of the scribes and Pharisees who were to sit in the stead of spiritual ancestors like Moses. Joseph, the, Jesus noted their hypocrisy and spoke of the people doing, to do some of the things, all the things. In fact, it says there in verse number three, all those things that Moses said to do, do them. But don't do after the works, which is not to do them. That's hypocrisy. Saying to do something, not doing your own self. Hypocrisy of the Jews was a snare to many of the Jews. Let's turn back to Romans chapter 2 there. But he gets to the end of talking about this, these Jews and what the Jews do, and he calls them to become or to be a true Jew. And I, I, I just mentioned this because there's some people today that say we are Jews. In a sense, by verse 29, we are or could be considered Jews. Not as a person born as a Jew, but as one grafted in or adopted in, in a sense, as a Jew. Again, I just read through these verses here quickly. Let's pick up there verse number 25. For the circumcision verily profiteth if you keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, the circumcision is made on circumcision. Circumcision was to make and put these people, set aside them to God. That's what it was for. It was a special ceremony and special thing done that would identify them as the people of God. And so they would be the people of God. So they were circumcised as a result. And in verse number 25 says, if you're not going to follow the law, it, it's not, it doesn't really count what you're doing. 
Verse 26, therefore, if the circumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not the uncircumcision be cut, counted for righteousness, and shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision dost transgress the law. For he, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. Notice this, verse 29, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And a circumcision is that of the heart, in spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. He is a Jew, says verse number 29, which is one inwardly and circumcised of the heart. Who is a Jew? Someone who is circumcised of the heart. Again, the Hebrews... We're all concerned certainly about circumcision and ceremonies and piety and national identity and what tribe they're from and uh, who they're from and their heritage and all that kind of stuff. And Paul comes and says here that he is a Jew that is one inwardly. Verse 17, it says, Behold, thou art called a Jew. You're called a Jew. But he is a Jew. What makes a Jew a Jew? According to Paul, he that is circumcised at the heart, not one who is of the letter, not one who might be, again, circumcised by his skin or foreskin. Who is a Jew? He that praises God, not men, whose praise is not of men, but of God. And so we find in the Bible that, again, the Bible identifies who the true Jew is. Again, this, again, may conflict what one might look at. And again, there's two different kinds of Jews, if you would. But we are to be followers of the circumcision of the heart. Turn to Galatians chapter 3. I'm just about done here tonight. Called to be a true Jew. You know, Paul was encouraging the Jews not to just be followers of a religion, but followers of Jesus having a, a religion that was Christ-centered rather than law-centered. Not that he was going to get rid of the law, because he said he didn't want to get rid of the law. It was going to be there. It was to be still followed. But he was, again, to fulfill the law and to encourage others to follow the law, but to have a Christ-centered faith. I want to pick up there Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster, to bring us unto Christ, that we may be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we no longer are under a schoolmaster, for ye are children of God by faith, as many as have been baptized, have been baptized into Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, neither male nor female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to his promise. I'm Abraham's seed. If you're of faith, right? If you be Christ, you're Abraham's seed. Abraham's seed was one of faith. And uh, the Bible says you're all the children of God by faith in Christ. Someone says, why was the law given? Not to be 
considered an idol, not to be something that people would rely on or rest in. But the law was a schoolmaster, verse number 24, to bring you to Christ to show that you could not keep the Ten Commandments, you could not keep all the commandments of the Old Testament, and that you needed Christ, you needed salvation, you needed the Lamb of God to take away your sins and the sins of the world. Let's turn back to Romans chapter 2, and we're close here tonight. The Hebrews had a heritage that in some ways was a snare to them because they became proud in it, they rested in it, and they hypocritically followed it. They didn't follow it to the T. They didn't follow it as they should. They followed parts of it. And then encouraged others to follow it, but didn't follow it themselves. What did they need? They need conversion. They need a change of heart, the circumcision of the heart. Romans chapter 2, verse 17. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast in the law, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of law. Not condemning the law, that those things doing for those following the law are good, and are confident that thou thyself art guide to the blind, a light to them that are in darkness, an instructor of foolish, a teacher of babes, and has a form of knowledge and the truth in the law. So they all feel that they're on the right path, but yet the Bible says in verse number twenty-nine, it says, "But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly." And a circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. What can we learn here tonight? That the Jews need salvation just like any other man. They need the circumcision of the heart. They need salvation through the spirit. They need the new birth to be saved. Again, we'll stop here for night, but we'll end here in prayer tonight. Let's go ahead and pray together and we'll close.